From the studios of Teeing It Up in the Swamps of Jersey, this is Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling. And it is that time to do the OG Ananobi emergency podcast. Not so emergency because Jordan Brickman wanted some data on it before it. So we welcome Jordan to the pod. Hello, sir. How are you? Hey, hey Jeremy. Thanks for having me. Um, as always, let's, let's just back up to when this first happened. When you heard OG, Precious, Malachi coming, RJ, IQ, and a second round pick leaving, what was your initial first thought when you texted me, oh my God? Well, so the original report was, you know, the players, and it did, and it's a draft competition. Um, and I remember I, I called a buddy and we were, we were chatting about it and we're like, we got to see the draft competition. It's like, how many first round picks did we give up? Um, and then it turns out we gave up none. I mean, the, the Pistons pick is like going to be 31st, 32nd, so it's essentially a very late round first. But giving up none of the first round picks we have, um, I was ecstatic about it. I think that quickly he's going to get $100 million this offseason, and I don't think the Knicks were willing to give him that. So you have to cash in on him basically between now and the deadline to maximize his value. Um, he's a restricted free agent, so they could have matched any deals, like the science trades, but I think his value is probably at its peak right now. And you just can't really give a backup point guard, even if he is one of the best six men in the NBA, $100 million when there's other flaws uh, with the roster. And then R.J. Barrett, he just has it. You know, I've been, I was actually saying to someone literally that day that the problem with the Knicks is that R.J. is not good enough. And he plays a premium position in the NBA. You need to be an elite you need to get elite offense out of that position, and if you're not an elite uh, offensive player, you have to be an elite defensive player. And RJ is, is neither of those things. Nope. At least in in the at least in how his role was shaped on the Knicks, he was never going to be that. Him and him and Randall are have very similar skill sets, and Randall is just better at that skill set than, than RJ is at, at this stage right now. So. The, the, the roster makeup was clunky. They weren't the defensive team that they that they had been previous years, and they're not a good enough offensive team to outscore the best offenses in the NBA. So you bring in OG, and OG is basically everything RJ is not, and RJ is everything OJ is not in a lot of ways. OG makes the simple pass. He's consistent. He hits the the, the open three. He's a little bit more explosive than RJ. You know, shots that RJ shoots his layups are dunks for, for OG. Uh, and then, of course, that's without mentioning his defense, which is all-world all, all defense. Um, you know, I believe he's like 6'8", 240, 245, something like that. You know, the kind of guy that can guard, they say one through five. Um, you know, I'm curious to see if I'll agree with that after kind of getting more used to his game. But in his debut, he guarded Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns. So that's two through four-ish, four-and-a-half-ish. Um, and he did a great, he got stops on, on both of those guys. So he's, and he doesn't demand the ball. He's not a guy that, um, is gonna, he, he's, there's reports that he asked for a bigger role in Toronto, but he doesn't really seem to have a lot of wiggle to his game. He kind of just picks his spots, finds his angles, and, and is aggressive when he needs to, which is the opposite of RJ. You know, RJ is going to force the issue, whether it's there or not. He's gonna dribble, drive, and attack, and sometimes that's, Sometimes you need that. Uh, sometimes you need a guy that's going to throw up shots and, and be aggressive. Um, OG is not that. So I think we're already seeing that at times the offense can struggle a bit without OG attacking because 
there's someone like RJ attacking, but overall, it's a, I think it's a great move for the team. All of this is contingent on re-signing OG. Um, he's an unrestricted free agent, but you know, as, as everyone has, has heard at this point, OG's dad, uh, OG's agent, excuse me, is the Knicks president's son. So in theory, we should have a pretty darn good sense of of what he's going to be looking for in the offseason. And we have a pretty good lead there. And there's reports that OG's willing to accept a smaller contract to play for a team like the Knicks. So you got to be confident they're going to resign him. If they don't resign him, it's a disaster, I would say. Yeah. Uh, but right now, it's it's a very good trade, I think, for both teams. I'm happy for IQ and for RJ in Toronto. They're going to get a, 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 a roster built more around their strengths. And they're, they're already thriving. In it, and, you know, we'll see them a couple times a year. So we'll have to deal with them then, but um, I think it's a great trade for both teams. Uh, he is listed, by the way, at 6'7", Okay. That's what his official you know, listing is. Some of those you always wonder are, uh, you know, how much of that is, is made up versus uh, um, actuality. What I find really interesting about this trade, and I got some data, okay. uh, courtesy of... Uh, Peter Body in the New York Post, the net rating, OG's net rating, this is coming into last night when the Knicks did not, did, 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 sorry, did not do very well against uh, uh, Dallas. OG's 31.7 net rating is second in the league over the stretch since he was traded to the Knicks, only behind, I, I, only behind Isaiah Hartenstein. And his 92.2 rating is tops in the NBA. Conversely, leading up to the trade, the net rating was a minus 7.9 and a defensive rating of 124.9. He is also, according to Peter, a plus 111 during the streak, which is absurd. Um, and then... Uh, via Tommy Beer, uh, 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 sorry, uh, sorry, Tommy Breer, you talked about the passing. The Knicks were dead last in the NBA in the stat called potential assists of 39.9 potential assists on 272 passes made per game. In the first five games since the OG trade, the Knicks were averaging 50.6 potential assists, uh, uh, assists that's fourth in the league on 297.4 passes per game. Translation, the ball is moving. Yep, and, and by the way, I know you said those stats were prior to the game last night, and you know, the Knicks lost, we'll talk about that game a bit, the Knicks lost by four to the Mavs, but OG was plus 14 in that game. He was the only make in, in uh, Brunson was plus eight, it was one other guy plus three, and everyone else was minus. Um, so even in that game where they lost, um, he was he was making a huge impact there. So, um, it's, it's, it's an incredible, it's three seasons in a row, you know, scratch the Cam Reddish trade, but Derrick Rose, Josh Hart, OG Ananobi, three mid-season trades that were seamless fits immediately paying dividends for those teams. So kudos to, to Leon Rose and, 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 uh, the, the front office there for the Knicks because they, they, they have a way to identify exactly what a team means and bringing them in. And it's a seamless fit, which is which is great to see. And I sent you the quote that JB told, you know, they walk out to start and OG's like, dude, I don't know what the heck I'm doing. I'm just going to keep cutting every time. And Brunson kept passing and it kept working and it kept working. Um, you play yeah. rec a lot. 
Jordan, what is it about corner threes? Yes, it's shorter, but he loves that corner three. I think Clive threw out the stat that he's 51% from uh, corner threes a couple of games ago. What is it about that corner three that, that uh, players like and shooters like? Well, what's valuable about it, not necessarily from, from shooters, but from a whole offense standpoint, is that it stretches the it spaces the floor so much because if you have to defend the corner, then there's no one to help when someone is driving mm. into the lane, and that's you know Brunson and Randall are guys that get downhill and get to the paint. So when you have someone like RJ out there, who actually in twenty in the year when the Knicks were the the four seed. Um, RJ was great from one of the corners and not so good in the other corner. Um, so he has had stretches of being effective there, but when you have someone who's consistently hitting over 40%, Dante being another one of those guys over there, and we'll talk about him as well more, um, it just, you can't help, because then they're just going to dish it out. So that, that's, that's another key, and that's, you know, with the ball moving, but, you know, especially a guy like Randall, who saw a lot of double teams last night, he needs to be able to recognize where the open man is. And if the open man is in the corner and it's an OG and an OB or one of the other shooters in the team, that's a very high percentage shot to take. So when you have when you have the defender that has to pin to the player in the corner, it means that they can't help out. You got that isolation situation. That's what that's what the, all these guys want. Uh, Jordan Brickman joining us here on Teeing It Up. Initial impressions of Precious and Malachi. We haven't. I haven't. I don't think we've seen a lot of Malachi. Precious, uh, 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 Precious Achua has played a bunch uh, in the role and, and outside of being in the rotation. Your thoughts on him so far? Yeah, Malachi hasn't played any uh, real minutes yet. Um, Deuce, has, Deuce has taken his spot. Yeah. Uh, but as, as, as for Precious, you know, I kind of came in with an open mind with him. I knew that he's kind of a theoretical good player, but the kind of guy that once you get the nitty gritty is not actually good. You know, you can watch a highlight video of him making making threes and blocking shots and running and dribbling and you say, Wow, this guy's got a lot of versatility to his game for the position he plays but um, it's always been kind of theoretical with him. So I was going into it saying, you know, let's see if he's the kind of player that I that I gravitate towards. So far I think he's been terrible. Uh, last night was I thought the best he's looked. Uh, but he had one of the worst passes I've ever seen in an NBA game last night. Uh, I don't know if, if, you, if you saw it, Jeremy, but he he actually got a steal or a deflection, and he dives on the floor, great play, gets the ball, and then he just lying flat on his back, yes. throws it over his head. What uh, are you doing at that point? What are you doing? Just hold on to it. <laughs> or just pass it forward, like where you can see. Um Truly one of the dumbest decisions I've, I've seen someone make. It's literally the kind of thing, if they were up by 30 or something, you're just kind of like messing around trying to get, you know, a highlight play, sure. But the Knicks were down at the time, every, every possession mattered. And of course, the game ends up, you know, they lost by four, but they were down by one with 30 seconds left or, or whatever it might be. You know, that's, that one possession looms large. So that kind of stuff is completely unacceptable to me for a championship team to have a guy like that. Getting regular minutes, not the Knicks are necessarily championship level, but they have aspirations too. So he's frustrating to me. Um, I, I think that he's not big enough to bang with the, the true centers of the NBA, and there's a lot of them in the East to have to worry about. Um, he's mobile, so you know, you know, maybe put him on a guy like KP or something like that because he could kind of be mobile and use his length. But um, he's not big enough to be a backup center on, on this roster. So. I think they, I'm curious to see if they look to replace him come deadline time. 
Obviously, the report came out this week that Mitchell Robinson is expected to be back in the regular season. Um, so prior to playoffs, they'll be back, which is excellent news. Yeah. Uh, but um, I'm curious if they look for like a Bismack Biombo or someone like that, just someone with a bigger body who who can bang down there because Precious, I haven't seen it yet. Look, he's still getting comfortable. I'm sure he's probably pressing to an extent, but I haven't seen it so far with him in terms of trusting him um, and, and as a regular rotation piece. Injuries create opportunities, trades create opportunities. First, let's go to injuries. I've never seen Isaiah Hartenstein play the way he has played. It is purely because of minutes. But man, has he found himself in that first in in that first run rotation, that, that first team rotation, sorry. He has found himself a place and he brings it every single night. And even on these nights where they've lost big or or or, or gotten down big. He has always given it his all. I give him a lot of credit. Yeah, he doesn't miss games either. No, he played. He missed a game last year. He's played every game so far this year. Um, I, you know, I think it's a little bit more than just ramping up his minutes. I, I, I believe they've changed the offense to an extent to maximize his ability with the ball because, you know, when Mitch is in the game, Mitch essentially has little to no ball skills. He's not going to be making passes. He's not going to be hitting floaters you know, in, in the lane, nothing like that. And those are things that Arstein is an excellent passer as a center. Yeah. Um, and he's got that little baby baby hook shot in the paint. So I think they're starting to use him more to, to use his passing and open things up. And that, that's part of the reason I think why we're seeing more passes with, with OG now on the team because he's opened things up with cuts and allows for Hart to, uh, I Hart to get, to get more passes involved too and get more involved in the offense. And yeah, he's been great. He's been, he's, one of, he always came out statistically as one of the best rim protectors in the NBA. So now they've scaled it up, and it's maintaining. So that's a really good sign. You know, he's a unrestricted free agent. It'll be very interesting to see what the Knicks will do with him, with Mitch, uh, as the season progresses and as we go into the offseason. Because uh, I think Art's going to get a, a decent-sized contract. I think he'd probably be happy to stay, and I think the Knicks would probably be happy to keep him. So I'm curious how, how that will evolve over the next next uh, six months or so. Yeah. So the initial thought is IQ's gone. Tear. Um, so where is that energy spark going to come from? Who is it going to come from? And Deuce, and I give Deuce credit. He has picked it up the last couple of games. He's shooting better. He's floating better. He's got things to work on. But I, I, I give really good credit to uh, Deuce McBride, who has really started to, I think, realize, ooh, this might be my job. And... He's he's uh, he's uh, going for it, Jordan. Yeah, I, I think the shooting is real for him. I think that three point shot is a plus shot. Um, he seems to have a decent pull up pull up mid range shot. You know, it's on a very low volume right now, so we'll see how that rates out from an efficiency standpoint as his as he gets more shots. But I, I think his three point shot is is legit. My concern with him is he plays a he plays point guard, which means there's an expectation there of playmaking, distributing. And I just don't think he is a plus in that regard. I think one of the particular reasons is because his ball handling is not good enough. I've seen the last two games already multiple deflections from, from players kind of pressing him. I think come playoff time, that's something that, that, uh, that uh, you know, it seems like the Miami here, well-coached team is just going yeah, like, to really great. put a ton of pressure on him to ball handle, and it could really stagnate the second unit, which generally, you know, at least historically was a strength for the Knicks, at least 
while IQ and RJ were here. So that's my concern with him. I think he is an NBA player. I think the contract extension they gave him is very good. Um, I saw some people theorizing that Deuce is not actually um, trying out for the backup point guard right now. He's actually trying out to replace Quentin Grimes because Grimes is going to get traded for someone. Um, hmm. Which, which is a theory that I think is interesting because I, I love Grimes and we can chat about him as well. But um, he has, they have Deuce is too small to play the Quentin Grimes role in terms of like defense, but in terms of the offensive shot profile, it's somewhat similar uh, in terms of catch and shoot and, and, and running around screens and things of that nature. Again, we haven't seen it at a high um, amount of volume yet with Deuce, so we'll see how it, how it maintains. But uh, I thought that was an interesting theory. We'll, we'll see if, if that comes to fruition. But I think come playoff time, I don't think his ball handling is good enough to play more than like four minutes a game uh, in, in a playoff matchup. And, you know, with this trade, they've really ramped up the, the, the roles of Brunson and Randall. And it's a lot on both of those guys to, to, to share the load. So, you know, especially in the regular season, we don't want Brunson playing 40 minutes a night. So hopefully they, they, can, they can figure out a, a fit there. Uh, come the deadline. I was going to ask you about that. With the second unit, you've seen either, either Brunson or Randall or both stay out there for a while. And that to me, Brunson's shot, he's been shooting a little not himself the last couple of games. And I, I, I sit there and wonder, is, you know, and, 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 and and the Knicks have been in a, you know, pretty much in every other night, you know, stretch here. Is it almost too much? And could, you know, acquiring somebody or changing the rotation, just that little, little bit help with some of these guys? Because this is a lot of minutes. Then you, you, you flip it over. Randall wanted to be way more aggressive this year. He wanted to, you know, empower guys down the lane. He saw openings. So... Maybe this is what I see out of Randall, and the Brunson stuff is just the Brunson stuff. But just, it, it is interesting that the way the second unit is now currently constructed, it's not the same second unit, if that makes sense. Yeah, it just doesn't have the same punch. I, I think, uh, you know, Josh Hart has not been the same offensive player that he was at the end of last season. Ooh. I think I saw a stat that. Um, I believe the numbers on the effect of 17% of the shots are at the rim this year. Last year, 26% of the shots are at the rim. So he's he's not getting uh, into the paint, two feet in the paint, and, and finishing as often as he used to. Uh, I mean, we knew that his three-point shot was not sustainable when he when he arrived. I think he shot 55% over the, the second half of the season with the Knicks. We knew that was not going to last, but he is so unwilling to shoot at times, and teams will let him shoot. Um, so so that, that could be a problem. I think Grimes has looked very good. Since uh, really started when he got when he got benched, like kind of willingly. But with RJ gone now, Grimes is good for a couple of threes a game. Yep. I love when he's more aggressive, um, and he, when when he gets going from three, he throws them up there and he hits them at a, at, a, at a good clip. So I'm loving what I'm seeing from him. But again, not necessarily a playmaker, not necessarily a guy that's going to break down defenses. He more picks his spots to to attack and, and attacks when he gets angles. But he's not a uh, someone that's just going to go downhill again like an RJ or sometimes an IQ can do um, when, when, the, when the offense stalls again Deuce is not that um, Precious is not that so um, they need they need a little extra punch there because 
you know, they, they are the most talented team in the NBA. So when you're, when you win those second unit battles, they can allow for, for the first unit to have a little less pressure on them and to kind of just maintain and, and hold on. So, um, I think they will need to make a move there. Like the guy I love to see them go after is a, is a Malcolm Brogdon. Um, what I, what I don't want to see them do is go after a rental unless they have plans of resigning that player because odds are they're going to have to give up probably a, like Fournier and a first round pick or something like that for a Clarkson, let's say. Yeah. Is approaching his mid thirties is a free agent is probably going to require a two to three year deal in the off season. Are the Knicks going to be willing to give him that? Is he the right talent that they need on the team? Cause he, he can play make, but he's more of a pure scorer kind of guy. Um, he's not necessarily giving Brunson rest at the end of the game. You're not bringing Clarkson in to, to give Brunson rest. So, um, Brogdon is signed for next year. Um, I like that. I like that you get kind of a year and a half out of him. He is a he is a playmaker. He can shoot. He's a smart, heady player. He had playoff experience. Um, so he's the kind of guy that I'd like to see them go after. Fournier and like the Wizards pick for him. I don't see why the Trailblazers would be against that. Um, they get the cap space back in the offseason. They get a first round pick out of it, and they can move on unless someone can beat that. But to me, that just makes that makes so much sense for the team. Jordan, sorry, Jordan Brickman here on teeing it up. Uh, back to the point about Grimes. The most assists he has in a game this year is three. <laughs> so he is not a double double guy. Uh, so, yeah. so to that point, you are absolutely right. He is a spot up, you know, just hand me the ball, spot up shooter, boom, you know, type guy. And then to the point about who to trade for, Brogdon does fit that role very nicely. And to your point, we do have a cachet of, of picks that we can use in a very wide range of ways. What is really interesting to me about Josh Hart is you get the Nova guys back together. And I almost feel like, you know, a lot of games he's the first guy off the bench. And he comes in and it's, it's it, for some odd reason, it's not like his role is as clear as as clearly defined as it was last year last year he was the messy guy he was going all over the place he was doing the dirty work he was the energy he was the i'm not going to take this bleep from you guy this year he's been more of just a player which isn't a bad thing for josh hart but it's just not the same josh hart does that make sense well yes i think the reason is because he's playing obi's minutes yeah and obi stood in the corner last year uh, and wasn't involved in the offense, and he is. And Josh Hart is now the backup four, yeah. which means that he's play. He's he's playing that Ob role. Uh, he does more and plays more than Ob did, obviously. But at times, that's the position on offense that he has, and he's an even worse shooter than Ob is. So um, I don't think necessarily maximizing his skill set in that regard. Uh, I'm curious if that will evolve at all based off of more transactions and as the team continues to grow. But we do going into the season, they don't have a backup four. Yeah. I think Precious could be a backup four, um, but they would need to have a center who um, is dynamic, like an iHeart uh, would be. But so uh, I think that that's the main reason. I think you're totally right that he's he's been less involved offensively and just kind of been the, the rebound hustle guy. Uh, but he can do more, as we know. So hopefully they can empower him to do that, especially to that second off that second unit. Like Hart can handle the ball. I don't want to be a point guard, but. Hart can handle the ball a little bit, can distribute a bit, and get downhill. 
So I hope that they can they can empower him a bit more to do that. And I, and I do think Grimes has room to be empowered more. Uh, we saw in a summer league last year where he was the primary ball handler, of course, at a different level, but showed the ability and willingness to play, make, and create there. So I would like to see them continue to ramp up his role in the second unit. He has been ramping up, and I've liked what I've seen, but I'd like to see them continue to go in that direction with him as well. Um, Dante, I love what I've seen from him. I'm, I'm, I love Dante. I absolutely love Dante. Uh, off, 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 offensively, with the threes, with with some drive, he's got some pick steal. He's kind of picked the pockets of of uh, guards who were lackadaisical recently. I just really have liked what I've seen from from uh, from Dante on both sides of the ball. Yeah, we talked about it in our in our preseason preview that Dante, if he was on the Knicks last year, would have led the team in deflections. So he's the kind of guy that gets in passing lanes, gets his hands on the ball. Um, so he's definitely a, a defender that you got to think about uh, as as, a, as an opposing team. One of the things about OG that I, I, I think is is a somewhat underrated is that you know OG is coming in now and he is the alpha defensively. He is going to guard whoever the best player is on the other team. It doesn't matter their position. He's going to guard that person, and that allows Dante Grimes, um, Hart. He's got these other plus defenders on the team to guard the second and third best scorers uh, on, on that other on the opposing team, which allows for them to be more effective defenders. You know, Grimes and Hart and, and the, these guys are plus defenders, but they're not all NBA level defenders. So, you know, when Josh Hart is going to Jimmy Butler in the playoffs, that's not necessarily a matchup that we're happy with. We're doing the best we can. Uh, but OG on a guy like Jimmy Butler, okay, now we now we, he can match up with the size, with the length, that's a, that's a matchup that we feel like we can contain him to a reasonable level for us. So you put a Josh Hart now on their second or third best score, and he's more effective, and they can play the passing lane, and they can they can do more things. They can essentially be uh, an offensive defensive player, if you will, look for steals, look for turnovers. So it kind of allows for people to play more in the roles that they should be playing defensively. And Dante is absolutely seems like he starts every game with a steal uh, and a wide open layup or dunk. So I'm loving what I'm seeing from him defensively. And the shot making is amazing at right now. He's on a tremendous run uh, from the three point line. I think he's potentially leading the NBA uh, in three point percentage for the volume that he's at. Um, he, he's been excellent. He's been exactly what the doctor ordered in the offseason. Another, you know, kudos to Leon and team, the perfect player that they were looking for. So, you know, Leon, Leon and team, the front row, the front office has been slow but methodical in improving this team, and I think we're starting to see the plan come together and. Dante has just been been an excellent fit. You know, he does a better job with the starting lineup than Grimes did in terms of he cuts a little bit more. Uh, he he kind of knows how to find his spots a bit more than Grimes did with that starting lineup. So, gotta love what you've been seeing from him. I hope he can maintain you know forty percent plus from three because uh, he's shooting at the best rate of his career. Hopefully, he can he can hold that through uh, the season and, and through the playoffs. Two last thoughts from you. One is you take a guy last night, Kyrie Irving. And, and that Mavs team. A, a lot of people and fans sometimes can look at a single game and say, we're great or we're horrible because one guy takes over. And for all that Kyrie Irving has done off the court that has made multiple organizations insane, the dude is a really damn good uh, basketball player. <laughs> so yeah. at, at what point do you just toss out last night in a way, or is it a... 
uh, teachable moments, not the right word, but, but just how, how much is it Kyrie is just insane versus this is actually exposing something? Yeah, well, I mean, Kyrie is, is insane. <laughs> like, he was, <laughs> that layup he hit with a couple minutes left where he was, like, triple teamed and falling down and he threw it up there. Um, just, like, he, he was unguardable last night. And, and, you know, Jeremy, you mentioned this to me, uh, offline, but they were basically just getting OJ to switch on every possession. So OJ yeah. wasn't even the primary defender on him a lot of times. A couple times he wasn't. He was actually able to get, get some stops or, or get him to pass. Um, you know, I, I think it, it was one of those games their energy was flat at times. It's the regular season. It's a slog. There will be days where their energy is not going to be perfect. Um, you know, they just had a very successful home stretch. Now they're on the road. Energy levels need to be different there when you're on the road. I think it's, it, you know, by the way, not just Kyrie, but Tim Hardaway was also incredible. He was real as from that first quarter. Um, and, yeah, and we've seen, you know, Tim do that for the next before. So we know he's, he's a flamethrower when he, when he gets going like that. Um, and, you know, it's an emotional game. Brunson's first game back in, 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 in Dallas. Randall's always fired up to play in front of his home fans. It's an, it's an emotional game. I think, you, you know, if you, you toss it out to, to an extent, it's just one game. Not like at the playoff series where every game is, is, is super, super important. Obviously, come seeding time, the Knicks seem to have a prayer at the, at the three seed, if not the, you know, real Hail Mary to the two seed if things really get lucky for them. But, um, the three seed seems to be in play, especially with Embiid having knee issues. Um, so, so you want every game. Every game is important, but um, you know they, they had a good fight at the end. They just need to get that one rebound, and I felt like they, they had a shot. Um, but the Mavs, the Mavs exposed Randall to an extent. Once you double him, make him think. He can struggle a bit. So you got trapped. Been great this year. Yeah, yeah, he got trapped, and he has to make a decision there. And sometimes he struggles in that. And if, if you can take Randall out of the game, suddenly the Knicks' offense is much less potent. So it's the, you know they were able to do that. I'm surprised that more more NBA teams don't do that to him in the regular season. Honestly, kind of wish they would to let him get some damn practice so he's ready <laughs> for the for the postseason with it. But um, you know Randall had that great stretch. I believe it was in the third quarter where he was awesome, and then he had those back to back offensive fouls, and it cut it to ten. And he had back to back offensive fouls, and it kind of took. Momentum out of the team there, and they had to fight back again. Um, so, you know, it was it was a tough game on the road. They got blitzed to start. They had two guys that are flamethrowers go off against them. It is what it is. Um, I, 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 you know, I think a lot of OG wasn't really asserting himself offensively at all until the end. They get two points. It's like four or five minutes left in the game. So I'm curious to see if he has a little bit more to offer there in terms of isolation scoring so far his dribbling has not looked super smooth his, his mid-range has not looked great so um it's been a lot of threes and dunks from him i'd like to see if he has anything more to, to give there because i think they might need it come to become postseason time when they're letting him be on an island and attack um and can can he do that so uh it, it, overall you know when, when he got Kyrie Irving putting up 41 points you kind of shrug your shoulders and say, well, he's Kyrie Irving for a reason. Um, there are things to take away for sure, particularly the double teaming of Randall and how he handled that. Um, but it's one game. It's on the road. Uh, a, a team that, that had just lost to the Grizzlies without John Morant in their previous game, so they were coming out of the fire after kind of getting embarrassed there. So, um, 
is what it is. We'll see how they bounce back. If nothing else, the Knicks have the easiest schedule, I believe, in the NBA the rest of the season. Yeah. So they should be in a good spot to continue to move up the standings and continue to, to work on some things. But they face the, they face the playoff team, well-coached. I know they're missing Luka, but it kind of seems like they're playing faster without Luka. You know, normally Luka likes to play at a slower pace. So I don't think the Knicks are ready for the pace that they, that they brought. It's okay. It's one game, and, and we'll regroup. Final thing, if you look at the standings right now, four, five, six in the East is very jumbled up uh, between a slew of teams, including the Knicks, the Cavs, the Pacers, um, Philly's even fighting his back, um, Heat are seven and a half, Magic seven and a half back. So there's just a, 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 a whole bunch of teams in there. There are times that the Jets have these like crazy stretches and my dad will look at the standings and go, yeah, that's not for real. <laughs> right? It's like the opponents you face now and then we'll wait till the Pats come and the Pats smack us and, you know, way, way back to reality. When you look at that, are these standings for real? Because for me, this is a Knicks team that is for real and does have longevity going into the playoffs. When you look at this, and, and maybe it is one trade away, is is this is this legit in your mind? I think that they are there better than they were. Um, I think that, than they were prior to the trade, um, and maybe even last season they're they're better. Um, I think that you know if Mitch is back, and if Mitch is you know I'm not if Mitch comes back, I'm expecting him to be 100 percent uh, in terms of you know being in shape and being in rhythm. Uh, I would expect it to be more like 75, 80% of Mitch, but if, if Mitch comes back and they can get a playmaker, a Brogdon level guy, um, I think that they're, they're an Eastern Conference Finals contender if they get the right seed. You know, that, that's, yeah. that's kind of how I'm thinking about the potential of, of this team. And, you know, you, if you get the Eastern Conference Finals, you're one injury away, one play away here from being able to sniff the actual finals. So, um, I think they're dangerous. I think that their weakness of secondary playmaker, ball handler, bench unit, not being as strong as it once was, will get exacerbated. Will be a real Achilles heel for the team come playoff time if they don't remedy that situation. But um, I think that they are more well-balanced, and you can really see how come the offseason time, if they can slide a superstar in at that two spot, um, they got or at the five spot, I guess, if you want to think of it that way as well. They got quite quite the squad they're building. Lots of really strong role players, good shooting, good defense. You know, everyone on the team is a good defender with the exception of Brunson and Randall. So your stars are not the ones that are going to carry the offense, the defensive load, and everyone else can, can help there. So I, I think that they are – I think the passing is real, the cutting is real, the shooting is real. Um, they, they're a little thin, though. If a Brunson or Randall misses a couple weeks – or something, turns their ankle, down for two weeks, team's not going to look, you know, they're relying yeah. a lot on those two guys, so, um, and we've seen Randall struggle come postseason time, so we'll see how that, that evolves, but I think if they can get a Mitch back and get a, get a Brogdon type guy, I think you're looking at a, a dangerous team come playoff time. I am with you. I likewise see there's, there's a lot to be excited about, even though we lost two guys we really liked uh, in certain ways in RJ yeah. and IQ 
Jordan Brickman, thank you as always for joining us on Teeing It Up to break this all down and we'll see where the next time see uh, see why they sorry, see why the next time you are on the show is <laughs> for what yeah <laughs> for I'm what sure reason the deadline the, the deadline or the playoffs I'm sure we'll be back out to chat about yeah the latest happenings yeah so thank you sir for coming on thanks Jeremy and thank you all for listening to this edition of Teeing Up with Jeremy Shine.